Ready to rock? As ready as I'll ever be. Should I do this like in a Don LaFontaine voice? You know, the he's the trailer guy from the 80s and 90s. Uh, <laughs> do you know what? If you want to roll with that, I am not going to stand in your way. <laughs> you may run out the door, though. Oh, no, I'll, I'll sit back and watch, but... <laughs> oh, okay, and laugh, yeah, right. Oh, yeah. television show and every video game has a trailer one podcast dares to take them on armed with nothing but daring and guile they alone can take on the horror trailers starring lance thrusterton as farron and johnny donghammer as adam in we came from the 80s trailer edition you regret saying yes go ahead don't you of all the names you had to go with donghammer <laughs> Hey, buddy, it's either Johnny Donghammer or Boobalicious Von Jigglywiggle. Pick now. Fair. I'll stick with Donghammer, I guess. Things I never thought would come out of my mouth for 500, please, Alex. (laughs) The most romantic name ever. I'd actually seriously thought, like, could we do, like, a porno trailer version of this? But there... They're bad. Like, they're just, they're not even, like, first off, we wouldn't have seen any of these, and trying to find the actual mm-hmm. movies would probably be difficult. Yeah. Also, would you really want to? No. Um, no, you know, no, really not. Uh, no. Uh, I mean, it would have been, it would have been amusing, but I think it would have been more horrific than anything. So <laughs> maybe we'll just stick with the actual horror trailers, a different type of horror. <laughs> you yeah. really have to enunciate that one. Otherwise, that goes squirrely real quick. Yeah. Horror. <laughs> though at least one of these trailers you may not be sure yeah so i'm your host farron and i'm joined by adam um not johnny donghammer and i am not lance thrusterton thank Um, goodness yeah and boobalicious von jigglywiggle could not join us but uh i would have tried this with heather but i think she would have punched me (laughs) and yeah so this is the last of our our trailer episodes we did act. What did we do? We did action and no, we didn't do action. We dumped that one. It turned out to be a shitty episode. <laughs> we did the two sci-fi ones and we did the fantasy one. And uh, by the way, that's leading to Heather and I doing actually doing Beastmaster when she comes out here next. Oh, are you guys um, actually going to get that one out? We, yeah, we're going to do it. You want to join us? Oh. Should... Uh, possibly. Yeah, we'll have to. We'll have discuss to see. scheduling later. Yeah, scheduling later. Yeah, but uh, yeah. that that won't be until uh, early July. But uh, okay. Um, yeah, and so I figured the last one to do is horror because, of course, the 80s is the invention of all of the horror icons we know. Mm-hmm. With the exception of Linda Blair, you know, from The Exorcist, all the horror icons we know, Freddy and and Jason and, well, Mike Myers, I guess, is 1979 from Halloween. You ever seen Halloween? Yeah, I have. Yeah. yeah, that's an excellent film. It's very um, good. You know, there's actually a television version of it. Like, you could actually show that on television. It is tame enough. Really? It, yeah, there's well, sort of I suppose like an, so. There's like an ultimate director's cut, and what it was is they got rid of some of the gorier scenes for 
the the TV cut, but yeah. John Carpenter filmed additional scenes, mostly of uh, Michael Myers escaping the asylum. Oh, and then okay. he sort of tied all the best of everything together and created like an ultimate director's cut. Oh, and cool. that's what I watched. And it was pretty damn good. Like hmm. I, I was impressed. Carpenter makes good horror films. He also did The Fog, which I totally want to do. It's a 1980 horror movie. I think um, possibly my favorite horror movie ever in The Mouth of Madness, you know? Oh, that's a good one. That's a really, really good one. Sadly, that's like 1993 or something like yeah. that. That's, that is a great, great movie. Absolutely outstanding. Do you read Sutter Kane? I love it. I watch it at least once a year. Um, oh, really? Yeah, I, I adore the film. I watched it with a bunch of friends, and they kept saying, this is just, what the hell is this? And I said, don't worry. This is where it gets weird. It's like, this is the third time you've said that, Sharon. How much more <laughs> weird can it get? But uh, they didn't, I don't think they understood the sort of the, the, the Cthulhu-esque nature of it. But, uh, you know, very much a Stephen King knockoff. But we have one of those today for us, too, as you notice. You know, Children of the yeah, Corn. Yes. So. So let's jump in. So the first one is 1981's uh, Scanners. I would like to scan all of you in this room one at a time. I must remind you that the uh, scanning experience is usually a painful one. Sometimes resulting in nosebleeds, earaches, stomach cramps, nausea, sometimes other symptoms of a similar nature. At this point, I'd like to call for volunteers. Fine. Just, uh, sit right here, please. I'd like you to think of something specific. Do I have to close my eyes? It doesn't matter. All right, yes, I have something. Have you ever seen this film? No, I have not. Okay, so you're not missing much. Let's start there. Um, I can see that. But you've heard of it, I assume. Honestly, no. Really? Scanners has completely passed me by. Okay, the the exploding head is one of the iconic like horror movie moments from the 80s. And of Mm -hmm. course, it comes from David Cronenberg, who wrote and directed it. Like that guy... I'd almost like to see him do like a McDonald's commercial just to see <laughs> what sort of horrors he creates. Um, you know, his latest movie is apparently so disturbing. People are walking out of it. Um, really? It's really, really, apparently it's really, really over the top, but that's David. 
uh, I think it's called Crimes of the Future. He he's he's into body horror and yeah. like he's a like the problem is i've seen this guy act right he was he played the um the killer in uh, nightbreed which i really want to do with you okay. um he's he plays psychos he was also he's also in star trek discovery believe it or not was um, he playing discovery uh do you watch the show yeah okay he's dr kovics the guy in the future with the glasses i'll answer your questions if you answer mine first no, you won't really do that. Correct. And even if you did, you'd lie. So the only way I'll glean any information is by the questions you ask me. So, please. That's David Cronenberg. Oh. Yeah, like he's so off-putting. Like even just doing his acting, like I, I swear the producers went, let's go with David Cronenberg because that's going to freak everyone out. That's um, fair. Yeah, because like I mean, he just he looks different. He's got the glasses and the 20th century tie, sort of. Yeah. Um, it's so you know we don't know who he is. It's and the problem is if you know who David Cronenberg is, it adds that extra level of tension. Like you expect at any moment he's going to graft Captain Burnham's <laughs> ear onto you know the Doctor's skull and then you know eviscerate him with a with a uh, an ice cream scoop or something. He's mm. just horrible. But his movies are always a mind fuck. And this was the original. I'm surprised you'd never heard of at least the, the exploding head thing. It's so iconic. You know, I'm sure maybe at some point in time I'd seen an image or a gif of it or something. Yeah. But honestly, the the movie Scanners is not not in my repertoire. Well, let me tell you, uh, you're not missing much. It was it was takes place in Montreal. It was filmed there, which is why you have Michael Ironside. Who's okay. The the scene itself, like the, they show you that scene because it's it's the one everyone knows who's ever heard of this movie. The apparently the special effects guy couldn't get the head to explode properly, so on the day of filming, he got a shotgun. And lay on the <laughs> ground behind, lay on the ground behind the model, and yeah. at the appropriate time, pull the trigger. But apparently, he didn't tell the audience. Apparently, Montreal police were not happy with him. <laughs> right, <laughs> just fired it off. Well, and there's a picture of him lying on the ground, holding that thing to the back of the head of the dummy. Oh my god! Which is why the flaps, go, <laughs> where the flaps of the skin go forward. It's it's fucking amazing. But it's a shitty movie, shitty, shitty movie. But again, it I mean, it launched his career, and it it launched Michael Michael Ironside, who's an amazing actor. You know, one of his best roles is still Top Gun as Jester. I wonder if he's in the new one. I didn't look. I have to I'll have I to check know. it out. Yeah. Oh, they they rolled out Val Kilmer, and that poor guy is not doing well. So. Oh no, Val's yeah. Val's getting up there. Well, Val's uh, Val has no voice anymore, right? Eh? Like you know, oh, really? throat cancer, and it's uh, pretty yeah, bad. Fair. Yeah, his acting days are over. But uh, yeah, so now this movie, like I said, it's it's the beginning of the let's see if we can shock the shit out of you yeah. for horror films for the eighties. Like there were some gory films in the seventies, but nothing like the shit in the eighties. I mean, you've seen Terminator. And and that was an att an attempt at a what they used to call an exploitation film, right? Like right. it's let let's how how much can we exploit and still keep it R rated from going? How much can we keep it before it goes to the next level, which is X, mm -hmm. which is not porn, right? It, it's just yeah. what's it's, it's just one like, level. Like it's the, nobody should go see this. Yeah, pretty much. It's like we should burn on, down on the moral theater. stand, anyways. Yeah, like well, it's just it's the next level above R, but. Yeah. You know, it's become known for, you know, the only reason people get the X rating generally is for like pornography. And that's why they call it triple X. That's just a, um, <laughs> that's just, you know, marketing bullshit. But uh, yeah. what was it? Um, what movie was supposed to get X? Um, Robocop was supposed to get X. Oh, yeah. And they had to keep cutting it. Uh, they eventually came up with NC-17, which is meant right. to be between R and X because X had the porno label hung on it. And yeah. so, you know. 
But oh, uh, no, this one, like this was one of these first films where they just said, let's see how far we can push it before people won't watch these films anymore. Yeah, I, I can I can see it. I'm I'm not a body horror guy. Like, I me don't neither. enjoy that. No, uh, me neither. So I, I don't imagine that this would have been really up my alley to begin with. Well, this oh, is the only part of it that is that. The rest of oh, it is that's... just these psychics, and there's a lot of nosebleeds, but you oh, know, okay. whatever. You're a medic. I don't think that's too much of a problem for no, you. That, that, but, I mean, like, it doesn't doesn't bother me. It's just not something I enjoy. Yeah. Uh, Let's go watch a lot of nosebleeds, yeah. Yeah, oh boy. You know who? Um, I do yeah. always appreciate, though, uh, somebody taking a trailer and censoring just one word in it, even, even if it's, like, a totally inane word. And if somebody went through this and censored the word scanning then that would be the funniest thing that I've heard all day. The beeping process can be very painful and cause nosebleeds and headache. <laughs> yeah, that would be. And then, and then you wouldn't understand why some dude's head is exploding. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. His um, head explodes. You know, like I said, it's, it, I had thought about doing this movie. The problem is it's just not a good movie. It's like a lot of Canadian movies that came out of the early eighties. It has the advantage of having low production values, but also badly written and acted. So it's got that going for it. It's like I said about Obi-Wan. Well, this is really boring, but it's also really uh, poorly written. So it's got that. Well, um, you're allowed to have your bad opinions. Yeah. I, I watched three episodes and I re- actually, I, no, I did watch all three episodes, and man, that's time I never get back. But anyway, um, this is only slightly worse. But I mean, Cronenberg's is—he's undeniably a great director, and mm. he's actually turns out quite a good actor. The problem is that you need a strong stomach to watch his stuff. He knows how to mess with people's minds. So when people say, you know, should I watch a Cronenberg film? My answer is. Probably not, because if you were into Cronenberg movies, like his type of movie, you'd know who Cronenberg was. Like, you, you know what I mean? It's yeah. it's for the it's for the people who don't mind body horror. Because I'm the same as you. I can't watch it. Like, there's that new game, um, Warhammer Forty Thousand Chaos Gate Demon Hunters, which yeah. has you know, seriously the like the stupidest name ever. It's all about <laughs> the Chaos God Nurgle, which is all about body horror. Yeah. So I'm very, very happy to, you know, blow them away with righteousness and purity because they're so gross to look at. But <laughs> this isn't quite that bad. Anyway, let's move on <laughs> to um, Friday the 13th, part three. And right. yeah, let's just go ahead and watch that. You know, the iconic music, of course. Oh, it, it always makes me giggle. Some mm-hmm. guy went into a mic. And went, shh, shh, shh. <laughs> Weekends are a good time to escape to the woods. Unless the weekend begins with Friday the 13th. Because 13 is an unlucky number. But out here, so are 1 through 12. Because these are Jason's woods. And nobody leaves them alive. Friday the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Jason, you can't fight him. You can't stop him. And now, you can't even keep him on the screen. Friday, the 13th, part 3, in 3D. Now, when it comes to killing in Jason's woods, Jason will come to you. 
Friday, the 13th, part three, in 3D. A new dimension in terror. It will scare you. Count on it. So yeah, um, <laughs> I'm sorry. What was the name of the movie again? I didn't. I didn't get that. Saturday the Fourteenth, I think. <laughs> oh, so, okay. It's actually a movie, believe it or not. Um, <laughs> I chose this one because it's actually the first one where Jason has the mask. Yeah, because um, he's just like the the corpsey face prior to that, isn't he? Uh, well, the first movie, of course, he's not the killer, right? You know that. Yeah. That piece, that yeah. piece of trivia. It's Mrs. Voorhees. Yeah, it's his mother. Yeah, it's 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 yeah. mom and avenging for the death of the drowning son of Jason, who they weren't paying attention to. The second one is Jason back from the dead, but he, I think he wears like a um, like a a burlap sack over his face. Oh, okay. So this one combines the you know the final establishment of one of the great horror icons with the trendy reintegration of 3D that did not work. To be clear, absolutely did. That was the the, the red and blue glasses. Yeah. They absolutely those. did not work. <laughs> um, and it's funny because you can even see in the trailer when they shoot, when he shoots the spear gun, you could see mm. the wire yeah. that the, that it was on. Like, yeah, it's a super subtle trailer. I'm not sure if you really understood what was happening to those people, but no. uh, uh, my no. understanding is a few of them get hurt. One of them stubs okay. a toe. Okay. Um, after it's That's jammed fair. through his eye socket, but Reasonable. yeah, it's yeah. <laughs> you know, the first one had, um, what was it? Um, Kevin Bacon in it because you know he's in everything but uh, yeah these movies you know at my age so 1982 I would have been seven believe it or mm -hmm. not everyone my age watched these movies I believe no it. one found them well no one found them scary yeah it was like a, a, a slasher flick like it, mm -hmm. no one finds slasher flicks scary maybe the first one is scary because it's it's new but once you're getting on to part three it's not like you don't know what you're in for yeah um, well, I mean, that's that's always been the joke, too, is that there's been a million different parts to to Jason or Freddy movies. And it's just, you know, we, you know what it is, but everybody still wants to go see it because it's still fun. Yeah. You know, it's a little bit like uh, it was a Roger Ebert had said of the of the James Bond movies is that they're ridiculous. But once you've watched one, you can't imagine not watching them all. Uh, turns out I could because I can't stand them. But, you know, Friday the 13th, again, you're, you're going to watch this dude slice up people at Crystal Lake. Oh. By the way, uh, you used to play World of Warcraft. Did you ever okay. visit Crystal Lake? Oh. Possibly. it's Because that was in that was in Kalimdor. That was in Old World. That was like... No, uh, it was south it? of Stormwind. Was it? Yeah, Crystal Lake oh. was south of Stormwind. It was just, oh, just yeah, the yeah. lake in a cabin. And for the longest time, you could actually hear the music. Oh, really? Yeah. They actually, I mean, this is going way back, but it yeah. was the, there was a bunch of teenagers going around there. They all had the names of the people from the original movie. Okay. And nothing happened there to be clear, except <laughs> the music changed when you approached the lake. It was the, I'm pretty sure it was like the movie, if not the, the actual mu music from the movie, something meant to, you Should know, evoke it, evoke it. And then you actually, at some point got that. It was pretty okay. funny, but, uh, there's actually a hilarious puzzle game Friday the 13th. It's sort of like Laura Croft Go and Hitman Go. It's like a mobile mm -hmm. game. It's okay. this cutesy little game where you murder people. Um, 
it's so adorable. But uh, yeah, now these films, again, this is like the standard slasher flick. There have been plenty before. There was Halloween, which was a much better film. You know, there was, was The Last House on the Left and Black Friday, I think. And, you know, all these sorts of films. But, I mean, they made fun of these. I remember, um, you ever see Monster Squad? I didn't, know. I know that Good you guys movie. did it, did an episode, yeah. but I never got around to watching it. Yeah, it's about a, you know, a bunch of horror fans. And one of them is what you're sitting on his roof watching uh, through binoculars a movie in the local drive-in. And it's called the Groundhog. It's called Groundhog's Day. Mm-hmm. And at one point, the father says, if they took this guy and chopped him up at the little pieces and put his, you know, his head in a blender and mailed the rest of the parts to Sweden, he'd still come back. And the kid says, that was part six. Like, <laughs> even by the mid-80s, everyone knew what these films were about. Yeah. But it's kind of interesting to see like how seriously they took them. But at the same time, it's such an exploitation film. Look mm-hmm. how we will kill these these deviant young men and these bare-breasted women. Yes, because they, I promise you, there's plenty of 80s boobs in these films. There are several uh, couples. I even saw a gentleman smoking a joint. Yep. Somebody else had a knife earring, obviously yep. a rapscallion. Absolutely. <laughs> so let's watch the next one. Most notable because it starred Johnny Depp. So this is 1984's A Nightmare on Elm Street. The kids of Elm Street don't know it yet, but something is coming to get them. There's something out there, isn't there? We just see cuts happen. What did that, Lieutenant? I don't know. There's a coroner got to say. In the jaw and puking since he saw it. They're gonna kill me for sure. Did you do it? There was somebody else there. He was locked in a room with a girl who went in alive and came out in a rubber bag. No one knows where it came from or who it will visit next. Nancy, there's something wrong with you. You're imagining things. Nightmare on Elm Street. Ah! Do you believe in the boogeyman? No. Whatever you do, don't. She's the only one who can stop it. If she fails, I'm your boyfriend now, Nancy. No one will survive. Craven, director of The Hills Have Eyes and Last House on the Left, a new masterpiece in fantasy terror, Nightmare on Elm Street. So another super subtle one. Yeah. yeah. Although that did include a phrase that I don't think I've heard before, fantasy terror. Yeah, I think at this point they were trying to differentiate this from other slasher mm-hmm. stuff, but it's it's exactly what you think it is. Yeah. Um, you know, again, this is this is very much like Freddy and um, uh, Michael Myers. It's, you know, the star of the show is the bad guy. And it's how you will ultimately kill him for now. What shocked me is how low the production quality was of this film. Like this yeah. movie was made for $3. Yeah. I, I mean, it, it looked like uh, looked like the scene of the, the woman crawling around on the ceiling at least might have been somewhat interesting to watch but uh beyond that it it seemed pretty yeah yeah three dollars a bit of string and some duct tape 
Yeah, like New Line Cinema was sort of new, and they didn't have a lot of money. I mean, Wes Craven, this was, I think, sort of his first big deal. And, you know, Wes Craven's a hell of a writer. He did Nightbreed, which, again, I really want to do with you. And he's got a very different approach to terror. But at the same time, this movie is, we need a slasher icon. Yeah. Because they were popular. And I think Freddy is probably the most... I won't say iconic of the group because that's definitely Jason Voorhees with the yeah, mask, but absolutely. he's, he's certainly the most popular and you know why? Because he speaks. None of the others do, you know, Michael Myers yeah. doesn't talk. None of these guys talk. This guy talks and he's terrible. I mean, he's, you know, I'll kill the bitch. Like he's not a nice mm. guy. I mean, okay. He's a, he's a child murderer, kills yeah. people in their sleep. So I didn't think he was a, a choir boy, but yeah, it's and it's funny because the actor Robert England, who's done another uh, a bunch of other good roles, including Willie in uh, the V series, an alien who collaborates with the humans, um, he's always going to be known as Freddy, Freddy Krueger, and those those gloves, mm-hmm. they're iconic. Again, iconic. Yeah, it it really like of all the killers that were kind of put together, he was the most most character like most charismatic one actually is probably the best way to put it yeah and it's yeah. not like charisma in in the traditional sense but he no, no. he's you know, someone you want to watch yeah he spoke he looked very iconic like he wasn't mm-hmm. just a dude in a jumpsuit with a mask or a dude with a mask and uh jeans and a, and a jacket yeah for uh, him it's, it's know, the striped shirt the gloves and that and the fedora Exactly. And it, yeah. it really makes him this striking iconic presence that mm-hmm. strikes a character. And yeah. it's it's no wonder that out of out of all of those sort of three big names, he's probably the most enduring. Yeah, they, I mean, they've tried remaking all of these movies. Actually, I actually don't think Friday the 13th, but they tried remaking all, all the rest of them. Uh, Halloween, I think Rob Zombie remade those ones and whatever. Yeah. They're still okay. making the original ones. Didn't they just, uh, they've got another one. Halloween Lives just came out. And yeah, Halloween it just came dies. out last year. Yeah, Halloween Dies, I think, is coming out, and and they brought back Jamie Lee Curtis, known Mm -hmm. as the Scream Queen. I mean, the original Halloween is absolutely worth watching, even if you don't like slasher flicks, because it's just a good thriller. It's really, really well made. This is sort of, Wes Craven was probably told, we need you to make one for us. And so Wes Craven says, well, I'm not going to put together garbage. I'm going to put together something interesting. Unfortunately, like you say, he was given $3, a ball of string, and and some duct tape. But the other movies were certainly much better made. The third so, one uh, included a rock <laughs> video. called dream warriors and so they had some 80s power ballad hair band to dream warriors i was gonna say that sounds like something aerosmith would do oh no this was like discount like these were like the (laughs) guys these guys were like the the band from dungeon master like that kind of yeah okay Um, all right that's that's all you need to say yeah let's not think about that any more than we have to and as I recall, the um, the video played before the movie, or the, the, like the music video, was at the yeah. beginning of the tape. That's how I watched it. Uh, yeah. Yeah, these were, they were <laughs> something else. Um, yeah. So, but now we get into some honest-to-God horror movies, which is Stephen mm-hmm. King. Like at this point, 
Stephen King, I think uh, The Shining had already come out, which everyone but Stephen King likes, but that's his problem. Um, there was a few years there where no one would touch him because he had opened his big goddamn mouth about The Shining. And, well, no one wants to make a movie and have the author running around screaming to the press it's garbage. Like, that's a yeah. problem. No, of um, course. You know, he had since learned his own maxim, which is take the check and walk away. So this one, it's funny, when we were talking about Terminator with Heather, I'd said Linda Hamilton didn't really do a lot else. Turns out she did this. Oh, okay. Uh, so let's watch 1984's Children of the Corn. Every child is afraid of the dark, the unknown, the nightmare. In Gatlin, Nebraska, that nightmare is in the corn. <laughs> Stephen King's Children of the Corn. Stephen King, the author of Carrie, The Shining, The Dead Zone, and Christine, an adult nightmare. Children of the Corn. I'm here, Lord! I'm Stephen King's Children of the Corn, an adult nightmare. soon from new world pictures that's a zombie film essentially right like that's really what that is it's just yeah. it's hordes of kids yeah um, stephen king wrote a book about you know psycho kids but he added this creepy religious element to it like he knew yeah. how to like have you ever seen this one no i haven't i'm familiar with the the premise of it but i haven't actually seen it, it it's quite good i mean it's it's brutal the scenes where the pair of the kids kill the parents, they show mm. it. Yeah. And, and they don't hide it. Like they had young actors massacring parents and, and it's a little scary because they use actual child actors for it. And I imagine that I'm not sure how well that went down, but as I recall, not well, mm. that's um, probably a safe bet. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's about kids who, who start praying to he who lives between the cornrows or some such thing. I'm not sure whether it comes from this film or whether he was drawing on it, but they all have biblical names like Damien and Malachi and Jedediah. No one is Jim. Yeah. Bob no, or Sally. No Rick. Yeah. It's, I heard someone joke once. I'm going to name, I'm a, I'm going to name a kid. I'm going to have a kid name him Damien Malachi. And every time he says the word six, I'm going to punch him. So he gets <laughs> like a nerd. So he gets a nervous tick. So he introduces himself. I'm Damien Malachi and I'm six, six, six years old. Like, <laughs> <laughs> Obviously, he was a comedian and he was joking, but it's like between this movie and The Omen, where the kid's name was Damien, Damien like yeah. no one's given these kids these names anymore. If you meet a kid named Damien, you're screwed. You start yeah. looking for like farm implements. Yeah, no, you know? go, just go the other way. J just, just go the other so. way. Yeah, if, if you can't see both his hands at all times. Names that get more biblical than like Joseph. That's, that's yeah. a red flag. <laughs> yeah, my name is Damien. Like, whoa. So... Again, this film, there's like four of them. Uh, all really? of them. 
all of them went beyond Stephen King. And the fourth one was like the return of Damien or the return of Malachi or whichever one of these guys played the preacher who converts the kids and the the last minute is killed by uh, one of the other creepy biblically named kids who decides, Mm -hmm. no, no, he wants a more aggressive form of death worship or whatever. And it's, he comes back, (laughs) but it's, it's exceptionally well filmed. I mean, it's, you see the jump scares of running through the cornrows and stuff like that. But they did a good job of it. It's it's very very well done. Like you know, these two you know, these two people driving through the town and come across this empty town, and well, they actually hit a kid on the way in. It, it's well done. There's nothing surprising. This is the thing with horror films. Have you yeah. ever met? A, have you ever encountered a horror film that surprised you? Yeah, it was deep. I mean, I mean, I'd, I'd, I still think that. Um... Not necessarily deep, but like thought provoking is definitely mm. something that you can find in horror. You can, but it, it's rare, right? Because yeah. the thing with horror is that it's, it's, how do I put it? I've always said there's a difference between art and pornography. And I don't just mean like chicka chicka bow wow. Yeah. Art makes you think and it makes you feel, right? Mm-hmm. So it, it, it makes you react viscerally, but it also uh, attacks your brain. Mm-hmm. Horror has to lean far more into the, again, not sexual, into the pornography side of things. It has to make you withdraw in horror. It's designed to make you uncomfortable, which means they can't get complex. Yeah. I mean, they can, but if you look at, say, The Walking Dead, it's stopping a horror television show. I mean, I gave up the third season, but yeah, it's it was clear even then. Like, after the first few episodes, are you actually scared of the zombies? Yeah, once once the zombies become a natural element to the yep. world as opposed to an abnormality, then they no longer uh, are a horror uh, threat anymore. Now they're just sort of the same existential threat that any like that a bear is, you know, here, this horde creature that menaces menaces you here. It's extra scary because you don't want to hurt these kids because they're kids. Yeah, no one thinks twice about blowing the head off a zombie. Or a gang member, someone with a rage disease, because they're t- or a bear, or you know, God, I once saw a movie called SAS versus SAS versus Werewolves. Uh, <laughs> I'm not going to spoil the plot for you. Um, oh yeah, I bet that's real deep. <laughs> um, I'm not going to tell you what it's about, but it's actually pretty fucking hilarious, and it's actually not bad. But <laughs> it's the same thing. Okay. What is it about? It's a, it's a, it's a horde movie, and that's what this is. Except it's Stephen King, so he knows how to push your buttons. So the next two, not quite so terrifying, but let me be clear. This movie, the next one we're watching, which is 1984's Ghoulies. Uh, it was pretty obvious if you look at the cover of the um, VHS, which is this creature sitting in a toilet. You know you're watching something silly, but 1984, dude, I was like eight or nine years old, depending when this came okay. out. So I didn't know the difference. To me, it was just another horror movie. So let's watch 1984's Ghoulies. Jonathan is having a housewarming party. Whoa! What do you guys want to do? Well, we could play hide and go seek. Yeah. What about Trivial Pursuit? Yeah. A trip. Poker. Yeah. <laughs> I got an idea. Let's do a ritual. Yod hey. Bow hey. Yod hey, bow hey. You do the hokey pokey and you turn yourself. Hey, knock it off. That was fun. No, no, wait. I I need to dismiss the spirit. So do I. Where's the bathroom? (laughs) Upstairs. 
Unfortunately, there will be some surprise guests. They have very bad manners. And they have no respect for privacy. They'll wake up the neighbors. What the hell's in there? And they never take no for an answer. Oh, man, that chick is really a scraper. <laughs> Ghouls, once they show up, you can never get rid of them. <laughs> ah! They'll get you in the end. Oh, yeah, there's the Blu-ray cover. Why don't you look at yep. that? <laughs> yeah. Mm-hmm. So as you can see, that movie was made for $4 and two balls. Right? And Slightly the guy, higher budget. Yeah, the guy who designed the Ghoulies, I think, came right off the creature design for Rat Spit from Dungeon Master. <laughs> yeah. Um, yeah, more or less. Like, it's pretty clear this is the 80s college movie mixed with horror. Mm-hmm. Um, Which I'm I'm fine with. I'm I'm okay with those two genres blending. <laughs> yeah, maybe we should do it. You and I, you'd probably appreciate it. <laughs> Wouldn't um, be bad. <laughs> you know, it's we'll do a double feature. We'll do this one and the next one we're going to do here, which is April Fool's Day. I mean, we'll just maybe right. do them as a double feature. But as a kid, I thought this film was scary. Yeah. Okay, maybe I was a really dumb kid. I don't know. I mean, but, I can see it if you're like nine years old and like you know people are still getting killed and it's 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 that childhood imagination of like okay i know it's not real but like what if that can yeah. still get you at the end and i wasn't enjoying the the sex in it i wasn't there there <laughs> yeah. yet. i was freaking nine yeah. years old so the boobs didn't do anything for me <laughs> um i tried watching it recently and i couldn't get through it but maybe you and i watching it together making fun of it would be worth it <laughs> oh i'm sure it'd be fine you know what this is the same sort of thing as house which you and i did like you're not meant to take it seriously no Though I really liked House. That was a yeah, good like, movie. It was okay. It's not one that I'm probably ever going to go back and watch again, but you know, it's it's fine. Whereas I've watched it once since we did it. Okay. I, it's, you know, I, I remember it from when I was a kid. Uh, the second yeah. one has Bill Maher, which means I won't watch it because he's such mm. a dick. Yeah, um, that's fair. He's such an asshole, that guy. But you know, uh, uh, one thing I, I have noticed about these trailers going forward is they've mm-hmm. gotten more and more and more to the point of being similar to modern trailers. Where Scanners was probably like the least like a modern trailer. It's just straight up a scene from the movie. Mm-hmm. It doesn't really have any of the the stereotypical voiceover until right at the very end. Yeah. Um, and then slowly they start to develop more and more. You know, Friday the Thirteenth repeats its title. You know, five or six times during the yep. course of the the thing. And here we get to Ghoulies, where it's a bunch of quick cuts throughout the entirety of the film with the voiceover over top, and it's much more like what you'd see in a modern uh, modern commercial. Yeah, like, and of course, the voice for all of these, the ones that have voice, is Don mm-hmm. LaFontaine. The only reason Scanners doesn't have it is I don't think they had the money for him. But one of the innovations is that there's this whole style of trailer because everyone used this one guy, Don LaFontaine. The problem is then it sort of locked trailers into this mode of, I will tell you a story. It's about this and scary mm-hmm. that, starring him and him. When we did Clash of the Titans for the fantasy trailer episode with Heather, we counted how many times they said Clash of the Titans. Yeah. Um, you know, Battle Beyond the Stars, or was another one, and it was the same sort of thing. Like, when does this take place? You know, what's the name of this movie? You know, they only say it 20 times. Yeah. Um, yeah, by the time you get to sort of the, the, the you know, 1984, 1985, the trailers are being made with a little more care. 
I have no idea how much Don LaFontaine was involved in the writing of these early ones. I really have no idea. But I mean, these days, they're practically music videos. Yeah. Yeah, more or less. If you ever saw the first trailer for The Batman, all it is is that music, Mm -hmm. which, by the way, was used in the film. And if you've ever seen it. it, Yeah. You you haven't seen The Batman? Like the newest one with um, Patterson. What's this? Patterson. Yeah. No, I haven't. It's excellent. You should absolutely watch it. It's it's not a Batman movie. It's a 70s crime thriller mixed with a 40s noir thriller. It's okay. fabulous. I'll, just, uh, but, I'll be honest with you. I've fallen off of superhero movies so hard. <laughs> oh, me too. Me too. Uh, I, I, I couldn't even be bothered. Like, I don't care about any of these new movies. Mm-hmm. Uh, but this one is excellent because it's not a superhero movie. Okay. It's, it's a 70s crime thriller that happens to have a dude in a cape. But okay. it's excellent. It's very, very impressive. And it... It's, it helps that they have excellent actors all around. Yeah. Um, but, uh, you know, that trailer is a music video. Right. And that's a, what a lot of these trailers became was like practically music videos. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and you know when that started? When Don LaFontaine died. Yeah. They tried for a couple of years to find sound alikes, but it never worked. And everyone knew it was discount Don LaFontaine. Right. Uh, and with Dawn gone, they just said, we got to find something new. And so they just started using clips to tell the story. And eventually it became, let's make a rock video out of it. Though the MCU movies are kind of their own thing. They sort of, yeah. they try to, for them, it's about introducing the character and a little bit of story. But I mean, even the Thor trailer using Sweet Child of Mine, it's a rock video. Yeah. Um, um, when, when did Don LaFontaine die? Because for me, I think the only time that I really remember the shift happening to like sort of a newer style of, uh, trailer was in like the early two thousands. Yes. He passed away in 2008, but my understanding, mm. uh, is that he had, uh, ironically it was throat cancer. I think that got him, mm. but uh, he died in 2008. So mid two thousands. Yeah, okay. Uh, is when they started changing. He's also, he is known for, you know, world. That's him. Yeah, because it was, it was around then that I can remember the, like, the, the, the trailer starting to go, like, every X begins with a single X or something to that effect. Like, that sort of, da-da-da, dun da Like, for, yeah. I think, uh, I think episode one, Star Wars episode one is the first movie that I remember seeing that for was Every Journey Begins with a, a Single Step. Yeah, and then well, that sort of thing carried on a lot. Yeah, it was. An, I mean, that's in fact, that trailer was impressive. The movie was garbage, but the, the trailer oh. was impressive because, yeah, y- you know what started to happen? People started to pay attention to trailers. Mm-hmm. And a lot of that is because it used to be like all these trailers we have watched. You would only have seen them in one place. The theater. Right. They had moved the trailers from the end of the film to the beginning. That's why they're called trailers, by the way, uh, because they trailed the movie. At least right. that's my understanding. They moved them to the front in the seventies. So, but again, the only time you were ever going to see these was if you saw a movie. But by the late nineties, you could download these for the three people who had internet. Hey, I remember downloading the Toy Story one trailer. It was oh, five really? megs. It was five megs. It took like eight <laughs> hours. Um, well, back in the day, right? It was a, yeah, literally yeah. A, a dial-up modem. But now, with especially with YouTube, people watch these trailers. Dozens of times and the day after the trailer comes out, you'll have some, you know, some, I mean, I I think it's just vulturous, you know, the 20 things you missed in the trailer and let's break down this trailer. It's a two minute trailer and a 30 minute video. Mm -hmm. And I, you know, I remember when, uh, what was it? Uh, when the first, actually the, the Thor, whatever, love and love and thunder or whatever, love and thunder when it came out, 
within a day, there were a dozen trailers breaking yeah. it down. And all of them were 20, 30 minutes long because these are all the comic book nerds going, oh, this is a reference to that. And here's what's happening here. And okay, whatever. I watched the trailer and realized what I was watching was something that set the tone and also made it look cool. I mean, I'm yeah. still not going to see it, but it was a cool trailer. I, but it, you know what? It might be the first Marvel movie I've gone to see in a long time just because of having Taika Waititi on it because I love what that man does. And I don't find him funny at all. Really? Um, I, I really don't. I huh. I watched the movie We Live in the Shadows and I yeah. was mostly bored. It's He has that sense of humor, that sort of awkward sense of humor the mm-hmm. office has where people sort of stand around uncomfortably while someone says or does something stupid. Mm-hmm. And I, I just don't find that funny i i mean i recognize he's a quality writer and director but i don't care for his sense of humor at all that's fair enough um i happen to like the first thor film done by uh, directed by um kenneth branagh because it was very shakespearean which is mm-hmm. not surprising coming from him but uh i don't like any of the other films because they got silly and with what what's the name taika waititi taika waititi he has a very particular style and they've certainly turned thor into his thor yeah. And that's fine. And, and if people are responding to it, then more power to them. But, th- you know, the trailer tells a good story and it's it's a rock video. It's got Sweet Child of Mine, which apparently at this point is like an cl- an oldie. God, I'm old. It's classic uh, rock, man. Yeah, I know. Isn't that scary? Um, well, I saw someone on Twitter today tweeted out, I found these uh, in an antique store and it was Atari 2600 boxes. In an antique store? Fuck you. Oh. <laughs> I, I had 47, not 173, <laughs> uh, you know, but these trailers, um, you know, they're well before any of the stuff we're talking about. It's still very much, here's a silly story. Let me set it up for you. Let yeah. Don LaFontaine tell you about it. One thing you'll notice that none of these do because none of it matters is they never tell you who stars in them. Yeah. Not one of them says starring. Yeah, because it doesn't matter who's acting; it matters who the villain is or who the, yes. the slasher is. Yeah, who who is the who is the horror? Um, yeah. The closest they get is Stephen King's Children of the Corn because it's Stephen King. Yeah, a name like that you kind of have to attach to it, but yeah, and and Wes Craven because he was becoming a name. A yeah. lot of what it was is uh, New Line Cinema wanted to make him the Stephen hmm. King of cinema. Oh, okay, you see, he did Hellraiser. That's yeah. him. The, those are the guys with the pin faces or pinhead mm-hmm. or whatever they're called. Yep. Tried watching that. It was a garbage film, but everyone loves it. I guess I'm not cool enough, but <laughs> they were trying to make him the, the Stephen King of cinema and it never worked by the way. But you know, that's, but yeah, none of these have a cast worth noting though. The one we're about to watch includes Biff. Oh, really? Yes. So let's watch 1986's April fool's day. Paramount pictures cordially invites you. For a weekend getaway at the party to end all parties. This is the craziest party that could ever be. <coughs> don't turn on lights because I don't want to see. <coughs> April Fool. Welcome to my home and lifestyles of the rich and undeserving. Wrong. Oh, Join eight privileged guests who are just dying. <coughs> to have fun. <laughs> wow, what is this? The bridal suite? You like it? The ladies. I find a use for it. The gentlemen. And we, we, we did on the first date. The young. Well, basically, I possess a, an essential lack of seriousness. Run! 
and the restless. Everyone is having such a good time. It's scary. Something wrong? You're dead. Radio is blasting. Someone's knocking at the door. I'm looking at my girl. She passed out. Nikki! I see April Fool's Day. Get ready to party till you drop. So another holiday movie. Uh, yes, yes. Uh, family vacation. Yeah, but but this one's like Ghoulies. It's the same thing, right? It's college yeah. picture mixed with horror. Yeah. Uh, except here, instead of going for like demon scary monster, they went the slasher route. Mm-hmm. It's not a bad film. I, I've been wanting to do it with us for years. And I thought the conceit of it would be that we would we would do it as an April Fool's episode and pretend it was just the most amazing high art we'd ever seen. But okay. I, I realized we would never be able to keep that act up for a whole podcast. There's only so many things that we could riff on there, I'm sure. Oh, yeah. It's, you know, the funny thing is it's it's very much, you know, these these college buddies go to this girl's island and it's clear something is off. They play it straight, unlike Ghoulies. And then people start dying and things get ugly. Yeah. But until then, yeah, there's boobs and sex and, and, mm. and drunk jokes. And but then it gets like super slasher serious and it takes itself seriously. So it comes off kind of just as bad. Oh, OK. You know, it's Ghoulies is the better film just because it's so stupid. They yeah. knew what they were making. I mean, the fact that the poster is that thing in the toilet. <laughs> I'm often reminded of um, the Ferengi from the very first episode they were yes, in. Yes, Where the last outpost, where really the director looked to at make them, them the villains. <laughs> yeah, and the director looked at them and said, you, you've got to be kidding me. Come on. <laughs> you know, or the X-Files movie, Fight the Future, the first of them. Um, okay. The, you encounter an alien in the first few minutes of the film, just in shadow. Yeah. And the director, Rob Bowman, realized something was wrong when his five-year-old kid came to visit him on the set and ran up to the alien and gave him a hug. <laughs> and yeah. he, that that tells you right there that he's not scary, so they had to film him in shadow. And his feet, I guess, were so bad that they made the actor wear sneakers so he would never be tempted to keep the feet in the uh, shot. Oh, God. <laughs> so they made him wear white, white Nikes so that the director would never, ever, in a moment of insanity, say, yeah, let's have a full body shot. Okay. Um, but, you know, it's one of those things where you sort of realize what you got and go, shit. And part of me thinks that's what ghoulies became, like they realized what they had. But here, they they played it seriously. Yeah, as, as seriously as they could from the looks yeah. of it anyways. I mean, like, yeah, the I get where they're going. You know, the, the trailer takes a hard left midway through and i'm sure that yeah. that's the exact same thing in the film but it it just it, it obviously it lacks the same self-awareness that they had with ghoulies and mm-hmm. um trying to do two things at once and being exceptionally good at neither um really seems like it makes this thing miss the mark yeah like this is 1986 so you know really this film is for people who grew up uh, renting videos of friday the 13th and halloween and all those sorts of films and now they're 18 and they can go see these films And they're pretty sure they're going to see some boobs. So let's go watch that, uh, you know, on Friday night after, uh, you know, after uh, a hard day at college. That's who the target is, right? Is like, you know, 18 to 25 year old men dragging their girlfriends to this. Naturally, I was, you know, I was 10 or 11 when I saw it, but okay. Uh, (laughs) Yeah. Well, you know, this is the thing, right? Like 
these days, there was a point where, you know, in the 90s where parents freaked out and so kids didn't get to see stuff like this. But in the 80s, you could see this stuff because it was on Super Channel. And unless your parents were standing in front of the television with a truncheon making sure you didn't watch <laughs> a scary movie, you were going to see it. And this is before you could add codes to the to the TV to, you know, to lock out channels. And now it's sort of like, you don't need to go see a slasher film to see boobs. You have the internet. You're good. Yeah. Um, yeah. You know, it's... Uh, these films are not worth us doing. Ghoulies, just because it's so stupid. Yeah. But none of these films is is known for its quality. No one thinks, and with the exception of the original Halloween, no one ever thinks of these movies and say, yeah, that's a great movie. People don't go see Friday the 13th Part 3 for the 3D, I assure you. And certainly not for the acting. They go to see Jason kill a bunch of teenagers. And they'll get to see a boob. Right? That's what they're saying. Yeah. And that's what all of these are. I, I, you're going to watch someone or someone's get sliced and diced, but it worked. And it yeah. wasn't until scream that that changed. Yeah. At, at the end of the day, you were going for entertainment value and whether that yeah. entertainment value came from, uh, getting to see a boob or getting to see, uh, people get chopped up in assorted myriad ways. Then you, you got what you paid for. It's a, it's a yeah. turn your brain off and spend your, however many dollars to take it to the movies was in, you know, 82, 84, 86. Uh, eight bucks or something like that. Six, seven okay. bucks, somewhere around there. Yeah. Right. I was going to highball it. I was going to say 10 then. Uh, no, that was a big scandal when it became double digits. But uh, <laughs> it's like Raimi always says, it's like at the end of the day, I am entertained. Mm -hmm. It's sort of like Bloodsport, which I did with, you know, Raimi and, and Heather. It's not a good movie, but you're not uh, going to see a good movie. You're going to no. see the Kumite. Yeah. Um, and it's the same here. You're not here to see the high drama. No. You're here to see people die after having sex. Like that's what this movie's about. It's about it's a college movie. Yeah, it's a dumb college movie. You know, once upon a time in America, this ain't. Mm -hmm. One day we're going to do that. It's only four hours long. Oh, um, is that all? Yeah. Well, you, I you want, know, I, it, <laughs> it makes me almost wonder if you could do like Clue, but horror. Well, that's. I mean gather a bunch of people in an isolated location and kill them. Well, let me introduce you to this 1986 film called <laughs> April fool's day. <laughs> but, but at the same level of like dramatism that, that clue had. Yeah. See, that's the thing. The one thing with clue has that none of these movies had, it had a hell of a cast, mm -hmm. had a great writer, a great director, a, a theater director, Jonathan Lynn, mm -hmm. and look at the cast of clue. These yeah. were the cream of the crop of Hollywood comedians. And so they elevated that movie. There's yeah. a reason it is so well regarded now because it had an incredible cast. This movie, these movies were all about the payoff, the money shot, essentially, which is blood spattered on God knows who and God knows what. Right. Uh, you were here to watch the activities. You weren't here. Whereas Clue, you were watching these amazing actors banter back and forth. Mm -hmm. Very little action in that movie. It's all talk. Oh, yeah, absolutely. But um, it's it's just one of those things like, they're they're so so dissimilar, but the premises, the just the base premise fits so well together. Do you know? Makes... Yeah, there is a movie like that, a horror movie mm. of that caliber. It's called Scream. Fair. Great actors. I know people laugh at Matthew Lillard and all these guys, but I think they were fine actors for their age. Yeah, it was exceptionally intelligent. Wes Craven, by the way, right? Mm. It, it's very clever. And the, the action scenes are great. And, and then you get to see people get gutted and all that sort of stuff. But it's a super intelligent film because the writing and the performances elevated the material. 
Yeah. And after that, horror had to change because you could, because this was a movie about, about, about kids who know about horror movies. Mm-hmm. So it, it was self-aware. So you couldn't go back to the slasher thing. And, you know, in the early 2000s, when they started remaking Halloween and, you know, Texas Chainsaw Massacre and some jackass remade psycho shot for shot. Why bother? Um, just go watch the original. Um, they realized you had to do something new, which is why they started stealing Japanese movies. The Ring and yeah. and so forth. And uh, there was another one with um, The Grudge with Sarah Michelle Gellar. Very good film, the remake. Uh, you know, but those were using, like, we, you know, Hollywood had realized that the slasher thing was gone. So they had to go somewhere else. So they went to another culture, which is yeah. why The Ring and The Grudge and all those worked. Because it was a type of horror that Western audiences simply weren't exposed to. Yeah, I, yeah, East East Asian cinematic stereotypes were very, very different than what we yep. had here in North America. And yeah, so of even course they were up. Yeah, but that's why so many teenagers react the way they do to anime. It's just so different than the than mm-hmm. the stuff they're used to watching. Yeah, and it's the same, you know, vice versa. Though the Japanese are much more used to watching Hollywood than we are to watching Japanese films. True, um, but it's the same thing. It's it, it's what's new. You know, what made Freddy Krueger different? He was a character. He spoke. Mm-hmm. It wasn't just, oh, he doesn't use a, a a kitchen knife or a machete. He uses the fingers, but also he talks, you know, same sort of thing. And then they get into the, you know, mixing the genres and then they get into the college, the 1980s college movie, essentially revenge of the nerds meets something else. Yeah. Same, same idea. So you could see Hollywood was running out of steam pretty quickly here. <laughs> uh, it's man, these things were a dime a dozen. So, so yeah. Um, Let's not do any of these except maybe Ghoulies. Deal. And I'll be over in 20 minutes with, uh, let's see, let's go with the hockey mask, mm-hmm. the blue coveralls, and would you prefer I murder you with an axe or a kitchen knife? <sighs> we'll just do the axe because we didn't have the shining in here. Fair enough. So do, you need, do I need to say here's Johnny or just not, or just ring the doorbell? It'd be kind of weird if you did, to be honest. Fair enough. I'll just ring the doorbell. Okay, I'll see yeah. you in a few minutes. All right.